online with Ammer the Internet Guy. Stream it today on your favorite podcast platforms. This podcast focuses on entrepreneurs and business owners, helping them become more successful in conducting their business on the web without being stuck with technology, getting a headache, pulling their hairs out, or buying expensive software. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of Online. Today, we're all about well-being and success. My guest today is a powerful speaker, great motivator, and a real sensei. She has 18 years of experience in motivational speaking, training, coaching, and teaching. She's focused on the well-being of kids and young adults, helping them not only feel better and more confident, but more importantly, do better in life. We discuss her journey and the challenges she faced in order to switch to teaching martial arts online. I don't know how you can do that, but she did it. We also discussed how martial arts sets you up for success in life. She works with kids most of the time, but she also has special programs for adults. These programs are designed to reduce stress, eradicate bullying, and achieve better engagement and creativity at the workplace. So without further ado, let's meet Michelle Tremblay. Hey, Michelle, how are you? Great to see you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for being here. So uh, first thing is I realized you're wearing something <laughs> that has a specific name and it's for a specific purpose. Can you tell us what it is and, <laughs> and where you are? Um, it is a karate gi and um, the kids actually says it looks like my pajamas, like I've just got out of bed. <laughs> so um, it's so comfortable. And uh, it's part of my martial arts training. Um, karate is what I do. And I'll stand up for you because I think a little look at this, if you can yeah. see. Um, I've got my, the my black, black belt. So I've been training in martial arts for about um, 18 years. And wow. it's been a, quite a journey of life and learning and uh, a lot of blood, sweat and tears. <laughs> Um, changed uh, how I do my business, how I, you know, have do my personal life relationships. It's just been so positive. Nice. So I, I can see behind you. Okay, the logo is not showing anymore, but it's okay. Let's not change the camera. Yeah, it's Empower Lives. Yes. So that's, that's the name of your company. Yes. Um, I, for people who don't know how we know each other, like we've met through the Chamber of Commerce in the Tri-Cities here in British Columbia. And I noticed that you had a lot of stuff. It's not just about martial arts, is it? Like no. there was so much going on, especially with helping kids and you were doing uh, after school programs. And so uh, let's just tell people like a little bit of a, you know, give them an idea of what you do in general, which is I'm sure it's not just martial arts. No. So uh, my company offers key solutions to help shift the bullying culture and to help with mental health and wellness, especially um, more prevalent right now. And what I started off with was my martial arts passion, but it expanded into working with a lot of different holistic um, avenues to really help the mind, body, spirit connection. And that's yoga, qigong, um, acting, singing, dancing. And I don't just do these programs. Like you said, I have a lot of things I do and I love to help people. And so empowering people is really important and doing that in a way in the schools, in the workplace and also different kinds of um, corporate events. So I'm pretty much all over to also speak to as well, which I absolutely love. And uh, the biggest rewards out of doing this kind of work is to see people make changes 
that are so positive for their lives, for them to have their own breakthroughs, for their kids to understand their anger, where it's coming from, to be able to really help people move forward and to be able to create the life that they want to create for themselves. Nice, because like I, I haven't seen anyone getting into this from the angle of martial arts. And I know that like, I didn't do martial arts myself, but when I was younger, I had friends who did karate or taekwondo. And sometimes they were given books to read and I'm thinking like, that's a sport. Why do they have books? And then I realized because you have to condition your mind. It's not, it's not just in the muscle, it's in your head. Yes. <laughs> And it is, and it's about really, one of the, the, the creed that we say in martial arts is the ultimate name of karate is not, lies not in victory or defeat, but in the perfection of the character of its participants. So it's about the development of who you are as a person. It's never about fighting. Some yeah. people think, you know, we're <laughs> guy. down <laughs> and of course I'm gonna teach you how to protect yourself. But this is not a place for you to uh, fight. And it really truly builds confidence. It helps with self-esteem. It helps you with relationships. It helps you become a great leader within yourself. And when you can get kids started at a very young age, they will go through those teenage years and times that are really you know, important parts in their lives with that kind of leadership and direction coming from an outside role model, not just from the parent, because that can be really challenging. Yeah. Have that. When we want to push them to do something they don't want to do. The problem is sometimes kids, they don't have the motivation to try something new. Like there's something that they would actually like, but they have to give themselves a chance to get to learn something new. And it's all about how it makes them feel once they feel good and it's fun and there's an opportunity for them to see a bit of progression with themselves and be around some friends that they can make then they're going to get hooked into it and what i've done is been able to get into the schools and give the kids a taste of what my training is so they just get a, a little bit of an experience and then if they do want to go on to a martial arts club and they can do that. But my work has been really relevant to helping them work with social emotional intelligence, helping them to build their resiliency and being able to really just deal with some of the things that they struggle with, especially with the kids. Yeah, I think when, when we first met, you had the anti-bullying program going on mm -hmm. in, in the district, in the school district here. Yes. And it was quite busy. Like I remember <laughs> you didn't have time to breathe. <laughs> yes. And I was, I tell you, before the pandemic, I had all these speaking opportunities and places where I was able to really expand myself. It's changed now, but it's still a part of being able to move forward with a new way of, of teaching. And the opportunities started just coming um, with my other instructors too, because they also have a flavor and I can only be in five One schools, five days a week. So <laughs> to duplicate myself was to think, okay, well, how can I get um, more opportunities and build my business? So th this is, this is a good segue because, you know, scaling is something that many business owners struggle with and the number one, the chief reason that we all struggle is that you can't duplicate yourself. 
And sometimes it's not as easy to find someone who's passionate about the same things as you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how, like what happened? How did you go about finding other Michelles? Well, I, <laughs> I don't want to call them Michelles, but like someone who's as passionate because I'm sure they all have their own flavor and way of doing stuff. Yes, I have a great mentor. I think it's all always in business. You need to have mentors to help you with your business. And he was the person that said to me, you can't be doing this on the level where you need to. You need to step it up. And I had thought about how to bring a team on, but I don't want to just offer my own style because not every kid is going to connect to martial arts. Some kids want to learn how to dance. Some kids want to do yoga. Some kids want to learn how to act. And that was a great idea that had come from this person. I thought, well, I'm going to just, I'm thinking of someone right now. And I just approached them. They were going through a transition and they thought, hey, great. They were actually going through a self-employment program Mm -hmm. and they were interested. They thought, hey, I'd love to try this out. And it just started to morph into its own thing. But other people started to hear about my company and said, hey, I'm looking for other opportunities. And so contract work came through their other um, ideas and, and different kinds of places that we could do this. And they started to teach in all the different schools too as well. So it was just it was amazing. And I believe too, that you're going to attract the right people to your organization. Um, you have to really be conscious and aware of what your values are, what your mission is, what you believe in. And you obviously see how people work with you and what works, what doesn't work. Um, I'm so proud of my team. They're amazing. And they are, they're, they're consistently moving with me as I've gone through this pandemic. I haven't lost, you know, any of them. So it's pretty exciting. And they're doing other things to help with where they're at too. But they know that I've been driving the ship and they want it that way. They want someone to lead. So what happens like, you know, when you're working at schools and you have your location and you've got kids every day, then you're asked to close because of the pandemic. Mm. (laughs) What really happened back there in 2020? Well, I think for any one of us, it was a big shock to our, our world and our personal life of how we were going to just even, you know, interact and stay positive moving forward with so much uncertainty. I was very, um, you know, really disappointed and frustrated and felt like I was losing everything that I had built up until that point. And there was no way in going back or making it any different. So I had to, like a lot of us had pivot. And our organization that we belong to called Do What You Love, which is the platform I use, he had a meeting right away and said, listen, I can offer you guys an opportunity to teach online. And what do you think? And I jumped at it, even though I had no clue on how I was going to do this. I am someone that loves a challenge. And I thought, well, why not? A few others weren't too interested in stepping forward that way. It's pretty, can be pretty scary if you're not yeah. used to in front of a camera. 
I remember we were discussing, should we use Zoom or Google Meeting or like what kind of a, like of a live streaming software would work. And uh, I think you, you were asking about microphones and things like that. So what did you do? Well, I ended up using um, a different location because right now I'm in my sp a different space, but I needed to find a bigger space. So of course, got on Facebook and said, hey, does anybody have a space? And who's going to have a space in COVID that they're going to give me? Yeah. Um, but I have an amazing group of people in my community of business owners. And they just one person, incredible, just said, hey, come and use our space downstairs. And I just set stuff up and I started to practice my sessions online with my team to give me feedback. And okay. I thought, well, what do you think? And, and we were playing around with different things and thought, well, how am I going to do this? Like it was so um, obscure and I wanted it to be not boring, wanted it to be teachable and entertaining yeah. and engaging and all those things that could still come through a camera. And so what I found out is that it was connecting people and that's really what they wanted was they wanted me. And I still had people through the pandemic where I had these contracts in person said, well, could you do this online? I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to be teaching martial arts online. How? That's the question that jumps into mind. Yeah. How do you teach martial arts? I mean, okay. Singing, acting. Yeah. Uh, martial arts online. So tell us a little bit more about that because some things like okay you can watch some i don't know yoga videos for example on youtube and you can work with the trainer that you're watching and do the same moves but martial arts usually in my head you need two people at least and there's a little like i don't know it's kind of a i'm not i don't want to call it a contact sport i'm a bit ignorant but like <laughs> how do you do martial arts online <laughs> You get very creative. So what happened is you can do a lot of the fitness warm-ups, mm. push-ups, sit-ups, things like that. And what I had to do was think of a way for them to do like a wrist release, someone okay. grabbing you and create a way where they could just kind of do the move and show the move. But what ended up happening organically was the parents were off to the side watching. And of course I thought- <laughs> You ended up having a bigger audience. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they were, they were all intrigued about what was happening, happening. So I thought, well, why not? And they did, they, they stepped in. I said, hey, why don't you just grab you know, your son's wrist and I'm gonna show you how to do it. I couldn't show it on anybody because I can't, could not touch anybody either with COVID. Yeah. So I would use like a pool noodle like this yeah. to like pretend it was my arm and use it for blocking and things like that. But the parents were the ones that really engaged. And what we found out is that there was this bonding experience that was happening between the parents and the kids. And they were just doing it too, because they thought, Hey, I'm going to get a workout as well. Why not? And some of the parents were gradual entry learners. So some of their kids were not able to be in schools mm. and we were able to meet the needs of some of those kids that, that was happening. So I watched, you know, a lot of different kind of a lot of different people that I researched online, 
to see what they were doing, even if they were doing it in person. I thought, well, I can kind of duplicate this. And it just, you take risks in teaching. Yeah. Is this going to work? Is it going to fail? And you will laugh about it. And I can tell you, there's a lot of forgiving parents out there when they, you know, you're trying to do something, you're like, oh, that didn't quite work. But what you realize is that it's your energy and it's also your ability to make it simple and articulate it and have the parents give you a feedback while you're doing it too. That just, it just became its own experience that I never thought. <laughs> I never thought, cause people said to me, well, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's gonna work. Are you sure? And I didn't doubt that it wouldn't. I just had to find a way. So for every participant, you ended up having maybe one or two extra. Yes. <laughs> and the feedback I got from the parents was like, well, this is awesome for them to do it with their, so I would say, okay, we're gonna punch through paper today and your parents gonna hold the paper and I would show them. Or we're going to use chairs or we're going to use um, a garbage bag for something we're going to do, or we're going to use a pillow instead of this. As a so you have to be very creative since they, yeah, they can't come in person. Yes. And then I think the best part of this is that they found a partner to practice with at home. Yes. Like when they thought they're going to be doing it alone and then suddenly dad wants to join in or <laughs> I do that. And you know, all kids want to have their parents engage with them in some way to spend time with yeah. them. And, and it became an opportunity for a great experience between they could talk about it afterwards, practice the moves. And I then kids can hit the parents. That's good. <laughs> like they, they don't have another chance at doing that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, sorry, I'm practicing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about, you know, punchy in the nose. I didn't mean to. There was a few oops and a few things, but when we start our martial arts classes, and always, it's always about safety. And it's always about being able to know that, as we talked about at the beginning, it's always the last resort, but it's a good thing to have. And parents love that. They love the kid to know their kids was going to walk home from school one day. And if something happened, the kid yeah. would know what to do. And it's, it, I think it's confidence. Like no one is going out looking for someone to fight or, you know, hoping that so something bad happens so that I can use my skills. No, but it gives me the added confidence that, you know, I, we're, we're lucky because we live in a safe neighborhood and we actually live in a safe country, but you, you never know. You may find the situation where you need some skills. So I've had different experiences. <laughs> I would have never thought things like that would have happened to me either. Yeah. And I'm glad I knew what I knew. And, you know, just even walking from the pool where I live and hearing someone making, you know, crazy noises and sounds. And I'm like, this mm. guy is really not all there. Yeah. Seeing him. And just knowing the first thing that I want to do is get as far as away as I can and make sure that I'm protecting myself by walking a little bit faster, maybe even running, yes. you know, those little things like we just don't, you just don't know, but you always want to be aware of what's going on around you and listen, not have your headphones in. I was just going to say that. Yeah. 
because you're walking across the street, something could happen, you're not listening. And it's great if you're going for, I go for a run or I work out at um, the stadium and I have my headphones in when I'm running, but there's people all around that stadium. Like it's a congregation. No, in, of, inside the stadium, you're fine. But like I see kids, for example, skateboarding with their uh, wireless earbuds. And then yes. you can't even hear if a car is coming behind you and oh, you know, you speak with them and they say, oh, we don't know, we don't do it on the road, we're on the pavement or whatever. But you still need to figure out your surrounding, like what's happening. It's yeah. not just if something is happening to you, it's also if something is happening in general. Like maybe yeah. you're the one who can help somebody else. You like you have to hear what's going on. Exactly. And we always need to be aware. And that's probably the biggest thing is awareness. We're so tuned out with anything else if we're not paying attention. Martial arts teaches you that focus, control the body. We meditate just right at the beginning and the end. And that's to control ourselves in that state. You're standing in your power, but you have an awareness by hearing, listening your body. It's powerful to have that ability to just recognize that as you said, somebody else could have a situation where you see something and I never want to put myself in danger. I'm yeah. never going to go over there if people are fighting and say, hey, let's go. <laughs> All right, boys, here All comes right. the master. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I, and people ask me that all the time and I'm, I'm like, no, you know, I will use my training if I have to when someone physically crosses my boundary. But I will not go in a crowd. And this happened a couple of years ago. I was filming something and there was a crowd of teenage kids that decided um, that they wanted to do something, had no clue what was going on in a baseball diamond. And within about five minutes, two boys took their shirts off and they started fighting. Wow. And I was standing there in my karate gi and I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because I felt as a bystander, yeah. we talk about this, that Just I was told them off. Yeah. It's like, yeah exactly. So I wasn't going to go run in there and say, okay, I'm going to clean everybody's clock in here, you know? Yeah. That's not going to solve anything. So what I said, I said, hey, you need to stop. And they just kind of looked at me with that look like, who are you, lady? Yeah. I was wearing this. And the next thing I thought of was, hey, I'm going to call the police. And that's what happened. They just took off. Wow. And it was like, wow, it was amazing. And that's the power that we have to be aware and to help without, like I said, I'm not going to put myself at risk. Of course. Yeah. I mean, people think, oh, martial arts, they're going to jump into <laughs> any fight they see. No, you can sense and you know things. As you do more training, you start to understand and feel and know and you listen to your intuition. I tell kids about their gut feeling listen to that what's going on inside you and school can be it can be challenging for kids to of be course. able to yeah. deal with all sorts of personalities but the younger that we get children with this information and teach them how to feel good about themselves stand up for themselves set boundaries all these skills that they need to have they're going to be prepared as they get older for things that are always going to come at us that we need to work on so my next question was going to be about adults because we've talked about kids most of the time and 
I feel we also need some of this. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was able to take what I was doing in the schools and I knew that adults needed this because when I started to do research, this was three years ago, actually four years ago, I was told that um, WCB or WorkSafe BC, they get about 30 to 40 phone calls today on bullying. In the workplace? Yeah, every day. Wow. And that number's probably even skyrocketed. Oh, so you can report workplace bullying to WorkSafe BC? Well, I didn't yes. know that. Yes, yes. And they will actually do an investigation. So you need to get all your paperwork together. A lot of people don't know those things, as you said, but I wanted to get some hard, hard facts about this and what bullying is and what there's all types and yeah. different scenarios, lots of power struggles with staff and someone in charge of leadership and all different dynamics. And I didn't really want to come in because it's a hard thing to come in just when there may be a bullying situation going on. Yeah. So my approach was to come in with health and wellness, mental health and wellness, because mental health is affected by bullying. Of course, yeah. And I was able to, I have a great um, bank that I deal with, Van City. Shout out to those guys. And they said, hey, why don't you come in and do some stuff with our staff? And so I started to do some sessions with them and it was physical because it's important to be able to physically move the body. So some of it was yeah. having them like hit the focus pad and grab each other in um, like a wrist release or do um, some breathing exercises. I taught yoga. I did a little bit of Qigong, which is like Tai Chi. And I'd incorporate some of the life skills pieces in it. How do you deal with your anger? How do you deal with your emotion? How do you, what do you do when you're struggling with conflict? Mm -hmm. How do you communicate? A lot of that is about regulating ourselves, and to be able to understand when you're pushing yourself too hard, all different things that are in that funnel of how we function and how we're not functioning well and what can, we can do. And the feedback was just, amazing I just loved it it was great to go into a setting like that and what I saw was an, another opportunity that kept expanding and people loved it because it was different I was doing something that was a hook with a bit of the martial arts yeah. kind of that show yeah. up like this and they thought oh my god what are we going to be doing today <laughs> breaking boards or kaya to my boss like I don't know if that's going to go over very well what happened was it became um it's just magical in ways where whereas people talking to people and saying you need to have this person come in and talk about mental health you need this person to come in and talk about this to our leadership team i did an amazing session session down in vancouver at the hotel vancouver and it was um with about 40 financial um, advisors managers and we talked about accountability and leadership and they love the flavor up because it was something different than I've got them up and moving. So mm. when you're working with people, you have to find a way to connect, but the brain 
needs to move. You need to shift. It's hard yeah. for us to sit for an hour and listen to someone without in 10 minutes to get up and move unless we're maybe engaged completely in what's going on. But most people need to, to just do a little bit of shift in that. And so also we're working with their brain to be able to make these connections. And then through the body, it was allowing them to just say, gosh, I actually feel good when I, hi, or I, <laughs> I breathe. I didn't realize how stressed out I was. And simple tools like that can change how we function in a day. And we all want to feel better. Of course. And I, this brings me to the question of, you know, if somebody wants to teach online, because we've discussed this during one of our calls before, mm-hmm. the difference between something that is pre-recorded that you can consume on your own and having a live session, be it a one-to-one or a group. And I'd love to hear your view on this because I know that not everything can be um, pre-recorded. I personally am someone who's very hands-on. For me to give you the best quality of what I want to do is to be able to see you, to correct you, to give you positive feedback, to engage you, to make the connection. And that's the biggest aspect of why pre-recorded stuff, if we see it on YouTube, we may not be doing it correctly and we can hurt ourselves and put ourselves out for a couple weeks with an injury. Dr. Google. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the biggest part of what I found with what I was doing was the connection. And because we're in a pandemic and we can't sometimes even have the people we've had in our lives, people were looking for a way to connect and realizing that, oh gosh, I'm also getting a workout too in this. It was awesome. They didn't even ex- expect it. Yeah. And they wanted to engage more in it because it was fulfilling a need inside of them. And that is an important part of our mental health. We need to be connected to others. We also need to be on our own and doing our own thing. But what I found is that the ability to even ask a parent, how are you doing? I had them email afterwards and said, I couldn't believe you asked me how I was doing. I almost wanted to cry. (laughs) Nobody has ever asked. And I was like, wow, isn't it the simplest things for us that are so important and we're realizing these things? And it was through a lens like this. So we can still feel each other when we're not even in a room, but when we're on camera. And I was able to make um, that a part of my workshops moving forward. And it was always the last part of it. It was like, it was always great for me to have you as my instructor to engage with you, for you to know me, for you to find out what I'm struggling with, for you to give me the positive encouragement that I need right now. And to also like, you know, kick their butt in a way where they need to get moved. Yeah, if they need some tough love, yeah. (laughs) We all need to be doing physical activity. 
get out and walk, get out and do something. And to have um, a person that can be your coach, it's powerful. I, my martial arts changed my life because my sensei was on me. Mm-hmm. He knew my potential and he wouldn't let me get away with it. And yeah. I, I'm yeah. so grateful for those people in my life because <clears throat> sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> sometimes we can't see those things in ourselves yes and And it takes someone else to believe in you to get you to think about it yourself sometimes like you're shy or i don't know like sometimes uh, i have a 13 year old girl you know that and sometimes she says strange like things that they're not strange in their own but i find them strange as a parent but of course because I'm not thinking like a teenager anymore. Yes. She thinks that sometimes she's too shy to show what she knows. Like she doesn't want to appear like a person who knows this or that because like, it's kind of almost like a fear of success. Mm. And I feel like, what, why? Well, we all have our own self. If you do something and you know, you do it well, What's wrong with sharing it with the world? But I think at this age, I don't know, they're afraid to be criticized or bullied or, you know. And they need that connection to the parent to continue to push them as they, you know, share those kind of things, these insecurities or sometimes a limiting belief about ourselves. Exactly. Yes. Sabotaging behavior. And sometimes I cannot bust that limiting belief. Only a third party like you can, because yes. your connection with them is a little different. They're having fun. Yeah. Uh, there's other peers there. So there's no, it's, it's kind of a safer environment because yeah. everyone there is kind of doing it for different reasons, mm-hmm. but they're all kind of agreeing that this is good for them and- as opposed to the regular school environment. Exactly. And even as an adult too, we need, we need those people. If we've never done something, of course. they'll need a yeah. push. And I was one of the most shyest kids you would ever have met. And it was through life and experiences and then my training and then other things where I started to realize I could do anything. But I still started new things, did stuff, was on camera and thought, gosh, is this any good? You know, how am I speaking? The more that you do it, you just have to do it and you have to be yourself. You're going to have some people that like you, some people aren't. And that's the reality of it. But with your daughter, I have two young um, boys that I do some training with. And I just recently asked them to do some volunteer work. And they are quite quiet and a little bit shy and the experience of them through that. And then afterwards, the mom said to me, she couldn't believe it. She said, like, he came home and he's like, yeah. mom, this is awesome. And again, you're giving a big a accomplishment. Yeah. Totally. Another opportunity for him to be the older kid to be in charge. Yeah. So it's a safe place to feel empowered. And with my training, I always had that I go back to is that I had a teacher that continued to push me, I would take some risk, but then I could come back and he would correct me, but he would never put me down. Yes. 
he would he would consistently say like you could do better at this you can um i and i knew it was coming from his heart there was it wasn't from a place of being aggressive or no yeah but the honest truth is and i've heard this many different times we need those people in our lives it takes a community to raise our kids so all different experiences and i've been through different training with other adults and they had one specific person in their life that influenced them so directly and what they had said to them in a PE class, because they would always show up late, they didn't feel like working out, this is boring. And the teacher looked at him one day and said, you know what, John, you're lazy. And he looked at him and he was like, he was shocked. <laughs> and within about three or four weeks, that's when he started to, you know, decide with that with someone else that said, you should try martial arts. That's when he went into martial arts and that part changed, but it was that comment. He didn't want to be that person anymore. And so that was an outside person who knows what his parents were saying at home. Yeah. But that can really, you know, that can either go one way or the other for someone, but if we have respect for that person, it can change how we want to be. We want to be a good person inside. We want to be better. We just need someone to believe in us and to give us that push and consistently, you know, be there if we're going to fall. Because we're going to make mistakes. Of course. Yeah. And this is how we learn. Kids. So in the workplace, if all you ever hear is negativity. Yeah. You're going to be soaked in it. Yeah. And it will turn you to a negative person as well. Like even if you're the most positive person in the world, just being in that environment, like we, in a lot of cases, I mean, I, I worked in the corporate world for all my life. Uh, only the past four to five years I've been working for myself, but, and I was lucky because in, in most of the places where I worked, it was a positive experience, but those negative, like the times when I had a negative experience, it's still with me till today. Like, you know, like when I had a bad boss, his photo is ingrained in my, you know, brain. Every time I see a bad boss somewhere else, even if it's not my boss, I automatically relate to that person. Cause like in the dictionary, <laughs> when you open the bad boss page, there's his photo right there. <laughs> yes. We don't and realize how- I have had my own Yes, someone can really affect how you how you feel about yourself. Yeah, and you shouldn't, and if but it's sometimes it's hard to control because you don't know, you're not aware. Exactly, and you don't know yourself, you don't know what you can say, you don't know if you're going to. And what I hear often in bullying is like, I didn't want to say anything because I don't want to get fired. Yeah, and sometimes you don't know it's bullying as well. Sometimes you think, oh, maybe they're just having a bad day. Okay, we don't, everyone can have a bad day, but that doesn't mean you take it out on somebody else. Like if you're having a really, no, and really it's bad a day, of, don't go to work. <laughs> yeah, no, it's part of a, it, and it's, it's over a period of time, it keeps happening. So it's not just one time, we're talking continuous and we're talking a target. Yeah. you're the target and that behavior is 
aggressive. It's, you know, remarks, comments, humiliation, putting the person down, violating their rights, their dignity, and treating them, you know, that you would look at how they would get away with this. And people will look at and people will turn their head and go, I didn't hear that. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. And then it becomes normal. The, the issue is that it's so often it has to start the other people in the room don't take action either. Because sometimes the person who's being bullied is vulnerable enough not to be able to actually face the bully without help. And then the others who are supposed to help are just not doing anything. And we're not asking people yes. to stand up and fight or, or, or insult no. somebody or, you know, call the boss names or whatever, or the person who's bullying. But we're just asking them to mm. say like, hey, you know what? This is unwarranted. Like we, we don't really believe that this person is X or whatever. So, you know, we. Yes. And sometimes you might, that's where you have to obviously be aware of what you can do to help and what you can do what you can't do yeah and what's and the right to way go to help to, yeah exactly your hr person should be the person that you can reach out to for this and also like i said wcb is an important work safe, uh, work safe bc is yeah. an important part of that and to be able to understand that you're not alone um <laughs> and to recognize that just wanted to say work safe bc not social media guys like it's not like don't go and rant yes. on twitter or like you you put yourself in in a bad position unnecessarily and you could lose your right because it will be seen as an aggression done by you especially if you yes. put the person's name or the company name uh, the best way yeah. is to let hr know and speak with WorkSafe BC and also practice something to release your own stress because whatever happens to you is is stressful so um, yes yes and that leader you know who knows what's gone on behind the scenes and you need to hear both sides of the story yes and you need to know whether it is bullying or not it needs to be defined yeah, in that way but that's you, why awareness is very important I mean it's good that some companies now are having some of these sessions whereby they get to understand their environment and to work on, you know, having better connections at the workplace and at the same time getting a workout. I mean, I like this kind of blend that it's it's not only the body, it's the body and the soul, body, mind, and so I don't know, holistic. Yes. <laughs> it's most a trend definitely. word and these days. Love. Yes, and that's what people love, but we have to understand how we speak to, to each other and if you put a hundred people in a room and you put someone who's the aggressor, they will find that person. Yeah, yeah. Just by their body language. Even if they try to hide it. Yeah, I know. Because it's got, sometimes it's, it's nature. And sometimes these also, I mean, I don't forget that the person who is an aggressor probably needs help more than the others. Because well, they, they don't know what they're doing and they don't know why they're doing it in most cases. And yeah, they may think that, you know, I'm just passionate. Well, you're not passionate if your voice is like Mach 10, you're yelling. <laughs> and this is how you're dealing with it on a regular basis. And yeah. everybody's afraid of you. That's not leadership. That does not work. That shuts people down. Yeah. And right away, the brain shuts down and it's hard for them to function. They're in fear. 
you need yeah. to or or indifference you can create indifference like you know what i'm just gonna work for as much as they pay me i don't care I, this is the, the i used to talk about engagement in a previous life <laughs> before it became all tech and um, the reason number one for employee engagement is not having you know encouragement or empowerment yes like you know they do a mundane job they do it day to day it's boring and they don't actually see how they're contributing to the betterment of their workplace because no one is telling them anything yes and they could be playing a pivotal role like in one of my past jobs i managed the call center it's a very stressful environment because people are shouting at my agent all day long like nobody would call to say thank you they only call <laughs> when they have a problem <laughs> so my guys are at the end of being shouted at and you know um people complaining at them all day long so we needed to find ways to actually make this like a good working environment despite of the nature of the job yeah. and there were some things that we could be flexible with and there's some others we can't like if you know if if you're working from 7 a.m to 3 30 p.m or whatever seven the phone's gonna ring right you can't come at 705 so i i will not let you do that right but if you need to take a couple of days off for whatever you want that's fine like you know as long as i know who's the replacement and like the scheduling is done right that's okay like you know if i can help you with something like we celebrate our birthdays and bring the cake and whatever and after work hours we all sit together and have a little bit of fun and you know or um we played a little bit of soccer here and there. Girls were not playing soccer. So we had to also find like other things to do like ping pong or whatever, something that everyone can participate. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and some other call centers that were better funded than us, they had massage chairs. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's great. And so, you know, those are important parts of being able to help your team grow is to create an environment that they want to come to every day. Exactly. It's like we were having fun at work, even though the calls themselves were not fun. But also we would enjoy solving these problems. So, so the challenge was that someone is going to call and complain. Number one, we want to have empathy, not sympathy, so mm -hmm. that it doesn't affect you as a person. You don't absorb it in yourself that yeah. it's complaining, complaining, complaining all the time. Number two is the challenge that they give you during that call that makes it worth it. Because like you want to go now and find a solution. And then you call back the person with a solution and hear the sigh of relief and then like, hey, we've done it. We've turned it around. Yes. And that was, that was like, this is something that I, it angers me when I'm as a customer, I, I reach out to customer support somewhere yes. and I feel that they're not, either they're not trained or not empowered to take any decisions whatsoever. Mm. To me, it's, it's not only bad customer service. You are putting that person on the line for being depressed because they will see lots of stuff that they cannot solve because they don't have no one has given them the power or the authority to change anything so what's the why have them why have a call center or an email support or whatever that is just like uh <laughs> passing the buck you know what yeah. i mean like they're not 
There's no point. And I think it's awareness because people don't know people who put these rules and how it works and whatever, they don't understand any better. Like, <laughs> I know. And we have to think about, you know, people come into work with a lot of things going on in their personal life that we don't know about. So yeah. as you mentioned, one thing is to have empathy and it is empathy towards each other and understanding and, and be compassionate about what someone's maybe going through. How could you help? Yeah, exactly. What can I do to make it better? Yes. Without putting myself and at risk or my job at risk, of course. So it's not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you see that from leadership, when it comes down to those skills, you start to feel that that person truly cares about you. There's something about that for our workplace when we know that our boss has our back and you feel like, hey, I want to work for you because you really truly care about my welfare, my family. I've seen incredible leaders do amazing. And having your back for real, not, yes. you know, it's not for show. No, yeah, not just because, you know, I'm supposed to be doing this as a- Yeah, leader. I want to look cool, yeah. Exactly, and impressed, you know, impress my friends but you're if you're taking on that role that role is you also are that role model to your team and they're going to come to you with all sorts of things you need to be able to support them have your own support too outside of that but it's your character that's going to shine of course you're going to know that time that their father passed away and you said you know what Take as much time as you need. Yeah, exactly. Instead of, you better be back to work. On and then you face all the, like, the heat for, oh, we're understaffed and you're letting this person take. Yes. yes but like, guess what they'll do when they get back? Yes. They'll work their butt off. Like, to... Yes. <laughs> and and they, I believe that you need, you need to give. If you, you ask them to stay longer or whatever at any given time when you have like, uh, you know, an overflow of, of things to solve. They'll stay around. They're not going to ask. I mean, I'm not saying they should not earn over time, but what I'm saying is they're not going to demand over time. They're not going to like it. when they see that something needs doing, they'll do it because like you need it. Right. When you say you need this, I'll do anything for you because when I want something, you'll do it for me. And yeah. we know you like you're going to do it for sure. So that is this trust and, and those bridges between you know, uh, everyone at the workplace and it, it makes it worthwhile. Well, it's where you spend a lot of your life. So yeah. why should it not yeah, more be than home? Yeah. Then that being, I mean, it's different than it is now because we're doing what we're doing online. However, there's, it's still a connection. You still need to have that support. And at times you have to, your team will be vulnerable with you. And how are you going to create a space for them not to come down on them, but to have those skills, those skills sometimes are not taught. Yeah. I don't want to sound cocky or anything, but like sometimes they're just acquired. It's a, it's the life experience. Mm -hmm. And that's why uh, and this is something important as well, because when we're talking about coaching and training, every coach and trainer, they have a little bit of themselves in what they teach. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise they wouldn't be doing it right it's not so so th this gives me like the segue to go back to the pre-recorded and not pre-recorded or not recorded sessions because as i understand it correctly the things that makes it work 
best is that personal connection, which yes. people will not get out of a YouTube video or a, a pre-recorded session, which is okay if it's complemented by uh, um, an in-person over Zoom or, or some other tool. Mm -hmm. But just to do a course on your own, that's like video-based in some topics, not in all topics, it's not going to give you the same benefit. Right. And it will take your level of um, what you're offering to that next that next space for yourself. Sometimes, like you said, there's time that we don't have. But what I find most with people is they want to be able to connect to build a relationship. We do courses throughout the time you're going to get to know someone. And what I offer, you're going to dig deep into sometimes some of these things that are going to pop up like a parent said to me, oh my gosh, Michelle, thank you so much for talking about conflict because I really didn't know what to say to my nine-year-old boy. Yeah. And I knew that like I was on the right track in person to do it. It could still be online without it being yeah. But in the, in the essence you of You can it, read about conflict. You can watch a video about conflict. But, but it's like the real, real life. Yeah. So I think like if I'm talking about for example my industry trying to help people to do more business online so if i'm talking about coaches trainers uh consultants yes you could have your stuff online and you can pre-record some videos and and have people consume them without you being there because that's also a good way to scale because there's only one you right and if you want to teach a million people around the globe you're not going to be able to do it without having things pre-recorded. But to have the maximum benefit and the maximum effect and to touch the lives of those people who you want to teach, you still must complement whatever you have online on its own by live sessions where you get to know the person. Because guess what? People don't, wanna, don't just want to solve a problem. They want to solve their specific problem. And if you don't hear from them, like if there's no way to have this two-way communication, you as a teacher, trainer, consultant wouldn't be able to solve the problem 100%. Because mm -hmm. you, you kind of, there's parts of that problem that you don't know about. You're probably solving the general, the generic yes. part of the problem, but not the personal aspect of it. And everybody's unique and every situation is going to be different and things are going to pop pop up in a live session that would not pop up in a pre-recorded session. And it, it needs to be relevant. So I've done a lot of different training. I do a lot of different um, training sessions for my own personal growth and I, they're all live. They're with a group. Yeah. And it starts out with five weeks of training and teaching and I'm able to share some of them. I don't want to be engaging. I'd rather just be watching whether yeah. it's the slideshow, but there's always questions or Q and A. And then the coach will follow up with me and say, you know, what did you think of this? And how do you feel about this? And, and there's always an engagement because I want to attain a goal for myself. So maybe for my kid, it's I want to help them deal with their anger or I want them to have more confidence. I hear that all yeah. the time. Or I want my team to help them deal with mental health right now. Then, you know, with that, we want to be able to solve the problem, as you said, 
but still have a personal touch. It's a hybrid, it's a hybrid system. I don't want to say it's not a hybrid online, offline now. It's hybrid online, online. <laughs> There's yes. no offline anymore. And yeah. until the weather gets better and we can all do it outside. But um, well, it is good now. Uh, but what I'm meant to say is like online recorded and online live. So that that's the hybrid I'm talking about. So uh, we could we could give like we in the e-learning industry we had another name. We didn't call it hybrid. I think we called it. Uh, oh, I can't remember the term now. Uh, it will come to me later. <laughs> we in called it something which was instructor-led. Yeah. Uh, sessions with videos that are ready. So what you do, you send them the lesson. Like you send them, for example, lesson one, they have to watch two or three videos. They're all short, like kind of 15 minutes or 10 minutes each. And then at the end of the week, you do a live session with them. Mm. So it's a live Q&A and then you can ask them about their experience. And usually you do this with a small group. You can't do it with 200 people on a webinar yeah. or a Zoom call. Like it's yeah. not going to work because yeah. you, need, you need time for each person to actually tell you what they're thinking, what's their question, what's their problem. And then what you do is when you send them the lesson two, now you know the feedback from lesson one. So in your next live session, you can address the stuff that you didn't address the first time. So it mm -hmm. keeps getting better and better. Mm -hmm. And I know there's some um, organizations that'll do a lot of pre-recorded like fitness classes they offer online where they can go into like a library yeah. and they can pull those out. But all I often hear is what was so engaging in my martial arts I bring this back was actually is the actual experience of having your sensei say, you know, give me five more push-ups right yeah. then and there. <laughs> and it was a different feeling that, and having that motivation instead of it just being, okay, well, I'm just going to do this on my own. I think we had to admit it, but we, there are some things that we have to get pushed a little yes. bit in order to accomplish. Yes. And I, I'm one of those actually. Yeah. Like, um, there's so many things in my head that I want to do, but if I don't get the right motivation and sometimes the motivation is a push like a little bit, if there's also like a very fine line between me looking at that push as something that I'm never going to do because the way it was said to me is I perceive as negative. Mm. or the way it was said to me was motivational because whoever said it is practically saying, I believe you can do more. Like, I know you have it in you. Yes. You're better than that. You can do better if you yes. just push yourself a little bit. And, yeah. and it's kind of because there's a cliche of in business, even as a, as a solo entrepreneur, and I'm sure you've seen that, you know, many people would just talk about the hustle. But there's a, there's a good talk about the hustle, which is personalized. Someone who knows you like your coach or your business coach or life coach working with you, who knows you and your personality and your motivators, mm -hmm. as opposed to watching, I don't know, Gary Vee talking about, ah, you got to send your offer to, I don't know, 1 million people because yeah. it's a game of numbers. That doesn't excite me. It, there are some things like if I hear a coach, for example, talking saying, even mentioning the word seven figures, I switch off completely mm. because I don't believe that everyone is out there to become a millionaire. Mm -hmm. that, that like 
the figures do not motivate everyone. They may motivate some. Yes. Of course, we want to make money, but like it's not the main thing. It comes from doing what you love. Yes. And, and you know, I don't know. We're, we're fortunate. Like we don't go hungry, whatever. But like I, I don't think about money as the, maybe it's my age, I don't know, as the main motivator. Maybe when I was younger, in my 20s, probably like it's proving myself and making more because I want to get married and I want to have kids. And I want to have a car and I want to have a house and whatever. But you soon realize when you reach my age now that it's like, oh, it's not about money. It's about leaving your mark on this planet. It's kind of... <laughs> Definitely. Who's going to miss you when you're gone? That's the thing. That's how I think of it. Well, and see, it's an impact. And I have a really great assessment tool I took many years ago called Strength Finders. If it, anybody ever gets a chance. What is it called? Strength Finders. Strength Finders? Yes. Okay. And what it did is it really made me realize that the number one strength I have is called significance. And I innately have to make a difference because that's who I am. So everything I've done in my life, whether I worked at a bank yeah, yeah. to the fact that I ran, you know, other um, companies that I did too, I was always in a position to lead, to teach and to heal. And no matter what that. the role was, I was still making an impact. And it, it was part of what I was here to do. And throughout lots of growth and lots of change, I continue to do that because I know what my role is. And to under, and that's where you have to get to know who you are, what you like, what you don't like, what, yes. what, you, what you're passionate about. But to me, the most rewarding thing was having a parent or having an adult or having someone I impacted years ago saying, do you remember that conversation you had with me at the gym? And you said that I was more than just being someone that I was, you know, they were kind of just running like cleaning um, uh, the benches and things. And it was kind of a start for them. And I told them, I said, you know, you've got such a great personality. I says, why don't you come and do some work with me? And they did, and it changed how they saw themselves, and they were able to grow from that place. But it was making a difference. It was being making a change for someone, helping them, being um, that person in the world that can just reach out and change someone's life, just like that. That's what we do. In the it's very thing. important. I think it's somewhere behind you. Your head is covering it now. Is it only you can be you, or something like that? What's behind you? No one, no one is you. That's your power. Yes. yes. Yeah. That that's it's very important for, and this is like uh, an important message for every entrepreneur out there as well, because we become entrepreneurs for a reason. Like if you, if you went on and ventured into becoming a business owner to make money, chances are you're not going to make any. Or are you going to make some, but with a very high stress level and you will not be happy? So, but I'm sure that the vast majority of, of solo entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general, even those who manage multi-million or billion dollar companies, got into it because of an idea they had to change something. And I don't want to say change the world. I mean, it could eventually change the world. But in general, you saw an opportunity, you saw something that you felt your personality and your skills and some of your experience would help change it for the better. And then you get, you got into it. 
and and this is the power that we have as you know individuals and also collectively if we get together and because i hear <laughs> i hear the word mastermind a lot but most of the people who say it and most of the emails that are received are just cliche stuff they're not really like in in general people who are sending out these emails don't even understand what a mastermind is and i don't claim to understand myself but <laughs> my idea of it is that two brains are better than one yes. so if we collaborate instead of compete and and this is funny because i work like somehow during the past year more than 50% of my clients are web designers so we're supposed to be competing with each other like we're we're supposed to be like oh now you either use me or use them right <laughs> but somehow we started to collaborate together and i'm loving it because we bring different skills and different passions to the table yeah. like there are many people out there doing design who are very visual very creative mm-hmm. and i am very functional so i i take care of the stuff behind the scenes in the back end that nobody sees the the stuff that powers a website the stuff that makes the email when somebody fills a form on a website it makes the email reach the final destination without ending up in spam as an example or the stuff that makes a website load fast not necessarily the visual i mean i can handle the visual but i enjoy the functionality better mm-hmm. so when i work with another designer who want to do like great designs that don't want to worry about what happens in the back end we make a great team and it to me this feels like a good mastermind because like we're not in the same country we're not in the same location um but we're like a virtual unit working together on a project to make something better for the website owner and that could be their client or my client so it it's kind of a i love it more this way and it's more fun and of course as a solo entrepreneur i'm not always locked on my own working between me and my computer like because of covid people who were already working from home have had their life more difficult because on those occasions when we used to get out and meet people these are not happening anymore yes because we're meeting over zoom now so we're still in yes and i and i think really important too i can't teach back in the schools because we're not able to get back in yeah the schools are on but the school programs are not on no I, yeah. and so i had to make phone calls to the parents and it was great we were having more of a relationship that was being built through that But what I found is that there was other people in the community as like yourself who said, "Hey, why don't you run a camp at our gym and my boys um could be a part of this to make yeah. it happen." And I thought, "Well, this is great. We have the same kind of values and support and it was just it was a win-win." they were getting it but it wasn't it it wasn't the fact that it was just a one time deal it was an opportunity to create you know community and to help other people through it and i thought this is what this is what works and through yes. that experience there was all these different kinds of um things that i could do now that i hadn't done before because of sometimes different other restrictions through the school so there was lots of growth 
And I continue to, to stay positive with that mindset of what we're going through as a change, because there, it is a big change in what's happening. And to not continue to get down about it, but to keep looking forward and take one step, just one step forward. You can't see the whole picture, but you can see parts of it. And indeed, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. We're here to help each other, as I say. We've that. mentioned the words connections a lot yeah. and communication. And I'm glad we've never mentioned the word SEO at all, which is good <laughs> because I. There are cases when I completely disagree with SEO and search engine optimization. And there are cases when I think people are doing it wrong. Not, not the actual SEO part, but the understanding of what it does. Because if you think that Google or any search engine is gonna give you business hands-free you're on for a big surprise. It's not going to happen. Even if you pay for ads and stuff and Facebook advertising and whatever, there is nothing that will replace human connection. Nothing. Yes. Right? All these things are kind of auxiliary stuff to maybe put you in front of more eyeballs, but they don't necessarily connect you with people, right? You connect with people. So even if you have zero SEO, and you're connecting with people, you have a better and more alive business than someone who's just not communicating with anyone unless it's through a computer. Yes. So yes, I'm the online guy, but I'm telling you, your offline connections are way more important. You know, not like, okay, again, when I say offline, they could be online like we're doing right now, Zoom. Right. right? I meant we don't have a computer between us now or like it's not by email or it's not something that you're reading off my website or that you found on Google. It's a one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. So use the technology. The technology is there. You don't have to go take your car or take the bus to go meet someone anymore. <laughs> Chances are your favorite coffee shop is closed. Yes. Or, <laughs> or already complete because they're only allowed to have a certain number of people. Yes. Yeah. But use what's there to just maintain good connection with the people in your community and you'll be sane and happier. Yes. And you won't feel so alone. Yeah. And that's an important part of what my work is about is people's feeling of isolation, their mental health, um, for them to feel that they may have, some, they need some kind of support, whoever that is. And I also need it too. I need to be teaching. Yes. I need yes. to be doing what my craft is as well because it fuels me. You know what? It feels like you're, when you're not teaching, and this happened to me before, it feels like you're the best goal scorer on a team, but you're benched. Mm -hmm. So you're watching others play and you know that if you join the play, you'll be scoring and, mm -hmm. and changing the, the result of the game. Yes. But right now you're on the bench and it feels like, ah, oh, <laughs> like you're tied to that bench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got you stashed in the corner and you're like, ah, get me exactly. out of here. Yeah. And I get a lot out of working with kids right now and I'm doing a Saturday program and it fills me up so much because that's my only interaction with my teaching at this point, besides what I do online. It's a totally different yeah. feeling. 
But as we are continuing to make these changes, we need that. We need that somehow in our lives. And it's really positive and I'm wanting to continue with that moving forward. So always having opportunities. I've got something coming up for spring break for grades um, six to eight. I'm going to do like a martial arts uh, Cobra Kai camp, <laughs> which is, I uh, know the kids all know about that. Are you going to be the Miyagi door or the Cobra yeah. Kai? <laughs> wax on, wax off. <laughs> it's pretty great. I finally convinced my son, he's 17, to watch The Karate Kid. But he, he's watched Cobra Kai, of course, like Netflix stuff. They see that first. And then uh, he was going to get his driver's license. And there was something that Mr. Miyagi told Daniel at the time when he gave him the first car. He said that uh, the paper, like the license, does not replace your eyes, ears, and your brain. <laughs> and I said, good. here you go. You got to remember this when you're on the road as a new driver. The license does not actually replace your eyes, your ears, and your brain. <laughs> and he's doing it right. So that's good. I'm a happy dad. Oh, that's awesome. You know, those people in our lives, like our sensei, and I have a, my sensei, which is teacher in Japanese, his sensei, he is, um, he just um, two years ago got his highest level, which is the 10th degree. So once you get your- 10th? It's a 10th degree. 10th, okay. So there's 10 wow. levels of black. So oh once you God. get your black belt, you get second degree, third, oh, okay. all the way up. He's got the highest belt in the world. Wow. And they're and probably just like not many people, right? Like no, he's I'm assuming alive. that's mega difficult. Also, who's alive. Yeah. So it's red and gold, and it's one of the biggest accomplishments. He's been teaching and training for almost 56 years. Wow. So he is that wise. So you do have a Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, he's a, he is a Mr. Miyagi. So it's the wise one that says one thing to you and you're just like, okay. There's something about that wisdom through all our lives where our parents, our grandparents, people that we looked up to as leaders that can give us those things. We need that. And even um, within all of my training and things that I've done, I've not, as I said, been able to move forward without having those mentors those people that continue to push me and help me grow. So as I continue to do the work I do, it's about that. People need to be guided. We need to have support because we have problems and things to solve. And it wouldn't it be nice if it wouldn't, you wouldn't have to do it on your, your own and feel crazy yeah. about it. Indeed. So yeah, that's a good parting wisdom. Don't do it alone. You always need you know, someone that can help you. Uh, it doesn't have to be like paid coaching or anything. It could be like one a friend, someone who shares the same passions, um, someone in your community locally or in your industry community. Like I work with web designers and they give me tons of ideas as well. Like I learn a lot, even though I've been doing this for 20 years, mm -hmm. I'm still learning. Yes. And, and this is great. So just find your comfort person, someone who uh, can help you get things done and, and help you, uh, you know, navigate these difficult times. Thank you, Michelle. That's fantastic. We had a great, great conversation about everything that was relevant to what's happening. Thank you. Really good. Yeah, let's get things better. Yes. <laughs> 
and uh, know that, you know, we're not going to be here forever. So I know. I know. One day at a time. One day at a time. Enjoy this life.